Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 68 of the... Jo- oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Again? <laughs> shit. Okay. Welcome to... Six- shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> welcome to episode 68 of the Generation Gaming Podcast. I am your host this week, Tyler. And I am joined by the Jack of Hearts. Hey, everybody. Hello. <laughs> Uh, and Jake will not be here this week um, due to uh, work schedule. Uh, so we're working on. Uh, so hopefully he'll be back next week. We don't know. Could be some changes with the scheduling of the release dates of the podcast due to his schedule. We don't know. Uh, so you'll, you'll, we'll tell you more in the future. But that's in the future. This is the present, uh, and the present is a presence. Uh, kiss my ass. To quote uh, Kanye West. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, my presence is a present. Ah, fuck it! I ruined it. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, going on. So, I think Jack and I have actually been playing the same two games this week, primarily. Well, mainly the same one game, as opposed to I haven't even started a Hyrule Warriors. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into Hyrule Warriors before we go into Smash Brothers. I'm sure we can go on for a while, Smash Brothers. All right. So. um... I actually finished Hyrule Warriors this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I was expecting this game to be like four or five hours, like campaign at the most, and it actually took me. Ended up taking me about, I would say, around eight or nine hours. Uh, really? I think yeah. I think there's actually like eighteen or nineteen levels to this. Uh, fairly long, uh, but really going to the gameplay, the core gameplay of it. It's essentially uh, it's a hack and slash. If you've played yeah. any Dynasty Warrior game, you know uh, how it is. A lot of tapping of the A button with the with the every so often with the Y, um, but no, so like kind of basically the core gameplay of how how the, how the the game works is every game you go into a stage and usually uh, something something from a, a, a past uh, Zelda game, uh, and there's a bunch of keeps in each in each level, and each keep uh, it starts off some of them start off blue. There's like the Allied base, which is the main base. Um, then there's a bunch of like uh, on the map they're all red. The red ones are the enemy bases. The blue ones are right. your bases. And throughout the throughout the, um, the the level, you can go through and sometimes they'll give you like missions to start off, like objectives to do throughout the level until you finally go and fight the main bad guy of that level. Um, but the more keeps you hold, there's it kind of varies, but some most of them I'd say about, about eight keeps per level. Uh, uh-huh. If you go, you go into these keeps. It's like usually it's got like a red square around it, and it's full of enemies. And the more there's a there's a bar, and as you kill enemies, the bar gets lower and lower. Basically, it's how good the defense of that keep is. Mm-hmm. And um, once you the the bar is empty, the the keep boss shows up. You fight him, you kill him, 
and you own the keep. And basically, the more keeps you own, the le- uh, the more uh, allies you have on the field, and, the, right. and there's, that means there's less enemies, so it makes it a lot easier for you. Um, so it helps out to have you don't always have to take over all of them, and it's most levels it's pretty hard to do that because um, right. Eventually, enemies will come and try to take take back keeps. Um, but start off the level, it's always great to try to take a few. Um, but really, kind of the core of the gameplay is, uh, like, the ways you lose is if, like, you obviously if you die, the level ends, or you start over. Or Well, there's checkpoints, too. Checkpoints are pretty good. So you can either start over or start from the checkpoint. Um, the allied base is destroyed, which is a usually was the most common thing for me is the allied base eventually gets destroyed or if like a certain character like a zelda or one of your main side partners um flees because they all have health bars and if their health goes down to zero then then you lose or they flee okay so they don't share the same life bar pretty much no yeah so basically like some levels you might just have like impa with you or you might have impa and um sheik with you or some like other characters with that too and sometimes it might be they can flee and you keep going. Sometimes they're they're crucial to the, that that level, and yeah. you need them to be a part of it. Especially when you have Zelda with you, if she gets down to zero, pretty much in any level she's in, um, then right. usually it, it's game over. But kind of going through that, I mean, you you there's four like prologue stories. And it's more of like a tutorial and sets up the story, and then it kind of breaks off into where like. Um, there's a few levels, and you, you split up with with your characters. So, like, Impa and Sheik go one direction, and they go through the, like, the, basically what happens is in the fourth level, after you finish it, there's, like, these portals that open up, and, like, evil's right. coming through them, and you have to go into these portals to um, to go in, and it takes you through the th- three different um, timelines in the Zelda history. Right. So, one of wow. them, so one of them is, like, Imp, uh, Impa and Sheik go to the Ocarina of Time, um, uh-huh. There's a character that's made up in this game called Lana. Fucking annoys the shit out of me. Um, <laughs> she goes through. Uh, well, I can't remember what it was now off the top of my head. Does she have a thick Russian accent? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, she loves Vladimir <laughs> Putin too. Um, God, what? It's not Wind Waker. Twilight. Twilight Princess. She goes through Twilight Princess. Lana okay. does. And then uh, you go through with Link, and you go through Skyward Sword. And okay. kind of like you break off, and then you end up meeting back up. But basically, like, they, they go on these three because they have to like, close the portals. Because that yes. stops the evil from getting in, and it breaks back up, and you go on to one continuous path. But from that standpoint, I actually... Um, the gameplay, even through those eight or nine hours, I was not bored, and I'm still not bored. Like, there's actually an adventure mode. Really? That you can do off in the side, like, and it's a bunch of like side things, like it's just like little mini missions you can do, for, like just for fun, and also you can it levels up your characters for the main story. And I actually had to go through this because I, I was struggling and like trying to get through some character, uh, trying to get through the the main the legend mode, uh, the main story because okay. my, I didn't think my characters were high enough levels for like this deep into the game. So I took them. Oh, I see. I took them into adventure mode. And I went through and it gives you, like, uh, kill 300 enemies in 10 minutes or kill this boss or take over all the keeps. Just a bunch of fun, like, little mini things you can do. And you, like, level up. You get materials, which you can use to upgrade your characters or give them more combo combination moves and yeah. um, or get better defenses, whatever. Um, but uh, that, that made it fun. And it's just something that's gonna I think is going to keep me going is the adventure mode. Uh, there's a bunch of them. I think there's, like, 50 or 60 of them you can do. 
Oh wow. Yeah, and then uh, you can also if you're into like the like every after you do every one you get like a level like a or a letter grade like A B C D E F or A B C D F. And uh, obviously, if you're into like the trying to get A's and everything, that's something to keep you going for a while. But okay. uh, overall, no, I would say I was I'm genuinely surprised by this game. I was expecting, I wasn't expecting great things from this. I was expecting this game to be like if I was going to rate it, like my expectations were like a seven, seven point five for this game, and that's what a lot of reviews have been. But for me, I would put it at a, um, I don't know, like probably like an eight point five, that kind of level where it's not great, but it's a lot of fun. But I couldn't. This, if you, if you're a Zelda fan, you'll love this game. I don't know if I can recommend it to non-Zelda fans. Like this is completely fan service for us. So I don't know. Like that's oh, why yeah. I rate it so highly. But if I went to this game as like uh, if I was a PlayStation guy and I went and played Hyrule Warriors, I don't think that would this game would click with me as much as it did as it did for me as a Zelda fan. Well, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, I have a friend who's actually went through and he's beaten, like, Hyrule Warriors already, like, uh, just getting a lot of the various, like, characters. I think he's already went through, like, a lot of the stuff, kind of like what you have, Tyler. It's just, let's see. But, yeah, I would agree with you, though, that this this game, you know, just, uh, it, if you are a Zelda fan, like a big Zelda fan, this is the type of game that you probably would love to play. Mm-hmm right at the moment because it's something fresh it's something different in terms of like uh actual like it's a spin-off zelda game there's no like shaking it but yeah. uh but at the same time would you say this is a game that uh you came in with like this low like maybe lowered expectations and stuff like that and it just kind of impressed you you know yeah yeah i could see that being the case where like i wasn't expecting this game to be bad i was expecting an okay game uh i think you know, it's kind of like basically the opposite of what I think people were expecting from Destiny, and people <laughs> were expecting you know the a game changer in Destiny, and I was expecting, and it wasn't that. It was just a, it was just a fun shooter, and with this, I was right. expecting you know kind of the opposite. Where I was expecting a mediocre to not well, not the exact opposite, but I was expecting a, a, a mediocre to fun. Like this is a fun little thing. I, I love it. Brings me back to Hyrule and Ben Zelda get me through you know the, the fun little game to play and it actually kind of blew that expectations away for me and i'm loving it and i tempted to go back and play it again also playing as ganondorf is fucking awesome <laughs> <That's> all... <laughs> i heard that from my friend too today he's he made the same type of comment because he hit because like ganondorf has these double weapons and he oh, yeah, uses them all of these I don't... he's a fucking badass he dude things. <laughs> and then like also that's, that's... Okay, it's it. it's cool like you can actually and I can't believe I'm saying this but I got a bunch of costumes because like um, obviously if you went to the, uh, the rewards what, Nintendo rewards you put the, uh-huh. the code in on, on with your game you unlock some yeah. Ganondorf costumes and because I, I pre-ordered it through Amazon I got like Twilight uh, I got oh. the Zelda or Link's Twilight gear from the Twilight Princess right. game and I can't freaking I just love like all the costume choices you have in this game and they're gonna actually oh, really? have some more like you can buy later, and I'm kind of interested. <laughs> Depending on what comes out, I might buy Dude, some. There's no shame in that, man. I mean, you found a game where you want to buy the DLC content and not like burnt out with it, like in the like say in a few weeks or something like that, like uh, like <laughs> like some other games over, over this past year. But yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. I put like twelve, yeah. thirteen hours into it, and I'm not bored, so that's good. Dude, that's amazing. I mean, that's the thing that we look for in, like, games and stuff, where we need to find this one game where we can just simply just keep on playing and stuff, just not grow bored of it. I mean, that's the same thing with me this year with Mario Kart 8. 
I literally spent like maybe a month or two away from the game that I just uh, randomly put them in my Wii U console and started playing that randomly. It's like, dude, this this is still freaking fun. And I know the yeah. DLC, the DLC that comes out in November for that, it's going to be pretty fun too. Because, because uh, you know what, Nintendo has done such a good job of like showcasing what's going to be inside this DLC content for Mario Kart 8. It, it's kind of like the same way that uh, they're doing with, say, like Hyrule Warriors 2, where, like, say, they're detailing what's going to be available in these, these type of DLC packs. You pay 20 bucks, you're going to get this, you're going to get that, you know? Yeah, it's not just season pass, and we're going to give you stuff randomly throughout the next year. Yeah, you know, because you, you know what you're going to be paying for. You're not, you're not saying, going to go inside of a... Well, let's take, for example, let's say if you bought, like, uh, the season pass for Bioshock Infinite, you weren't really going to know what exactly you were going to get, other than maybe, like, uh, what initially came out, you know, what was that DLC pack that had you going back to, uh, the original Bioshock? Oh! Was it, like, Something of the Sea? I think, yeah, Something in the Sea, or, like, like that, but, yeah, like, a lot of times when you buy season passes, just, like, yeah, you're gonna get three things of DLC, like, in the next, over the course of the next year. Yeah, that's the, that's the point, though, but, uh, in contrast, you know what? What Nintendo's starting to ease more towards is it just seems like uh, it just seems like that uh, the the it just seems a little bit more fresher in a sense where they are just like putting their content there, just telling the consumers beforehand, okay, here's what you're going to get. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. Pay twenty bucks if you want it. Go on ahead and get it. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of because they're they're fairly new to the DLC world where. Yeah. When DLC first became a thing, like I mean, season passes went around, but like when when we first started getting DLC, it was kind of a big deal, and it was usually something big, and it was something worth, you know, like right. the developers went into this, like made this separate from the game. Like nowadays, this DLC is so much like uh, freaking buy, you know, all these stupid costumes or like all these like you can buy guns or like or we have day one DLC. That's like six, like Forza Horizon Two already has a six dollar DLC pack for cars the day it came out. Oh yeah, I can do one better right here. Like uh, when I went to buy Mass Effect Three for the first time, and on the same day you had that uh, DLC where you could play as an actual like Javik, uh, Javik, yep. you know, like Javik the oh god, I've forgotten the race's name. Yeah, the Prothean. Prothean, yeah, yeah. the Prothean. Yeah, it was the like, Prothean, which should have been inside the game to begin with, because that's a that's a really big part of that game, I believed in my opinion, because you are literally finding like a Prothean that's in stasis. You got to awaken him. Yeah, and he adds so much like context, like in the span of that whole game. You know, yeah, he's probably one of the best. He's probably one of the most fascinating characters of, in the, in the entire series. And he's exactly. a DLC character. No, I got a, I got a, came with because I was stupid and I bought the ninety dollar uh, master collection of Mass Effect Three, which I regret. And it came with a free free uh, DLC, not really free because I paid thirty extra bucks for um, a nice case with um, a, in with the Normandy patch that it's still sitting on my fridge. I'm still I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Well, that's just the thing. It's so like you don't. It's exactly the reason why that uh, I think the season passes in general they started to really become common. Like say they started to become common. I think around two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve, or something like that. Yeah. But uh, now it's just like okay, for every other like company, they put a couple of things like you were just saying. Maybe like a big DLC pack. Maybe some costumes. Maybe like some 
you know, something that's random, like a multiplayer map, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> something like that, but... Anyway, let's... let's <laughs> Maybe I should, like, just say one, like, final thing, like, about, like, Hyrule Warriors or something like that, because I got the game, too, but, uh... The thing about it was, I haven't actually had a chance to play it, but what I did, I went down to, uh... GameStop, like, on, like, the last Saturday after work, and uh, I just made a conscious decision, it's like, you know what, the games that I've been playing, like, over the past, like, few months, Titanfall, Madden 15, Destiny, you know what, I had fun, but I'm not keeping them, so what I did is I just went ahead, just traded them in, got whatever I got for them, and just got Hyrule Warriors, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing that, but, uh... Why don't we delve into Smash Brothers? <laughs> I gotta give you a clap right now. I'm so proud of you right now. <laughs> well, dude, it's just the fact that... Uh, the thing is... I've had some fun playing these games, right? But yet... Oh, there's just something about it where it just... It does not grasp my attention. Like... It's... Well... Obviously, for each game, there had there was like different things with it. I mean, with the Titanfall, the... There's not really a lot to do other than the multiplayer, like, matchmaking stuff. And even then, you know, the new DLC packs that I bought, like, at least about a month or so ago, I played a lot of the new maps. Those things were, like, uh, they weren't as uh, appealing as I thought they would be. I mean, I actually tried doing clan stuff with uh, Titanfall, and I just, that's just the thing. I'm like, I just could not really get into it. could not really get back to what I, you know, <laughs> yeah. enjoyed the game in the first place. Because... Simply put, Titanfall, the single-player campaign, is basically non-existent. You're going through and just going, just playing random multiplayer maps with, like, random people, you know, with a storyline that's, like, just really forgettable. Yeah. You know, a campaign that's really forgettable. You're going around through Titan, you're shooting things. I mean, the gameplay feels fantastic, but uh, the thing about it is that's disappointing. With Destiny, I kind of felt the same way, where I'm having fun playing this. And I know, Jake, if you were here, would be really debating with me, like, whether that I shouldn't have traded a Destiny in, because, you know, it's towards the release of the game. You'd be so pissed right now. (laughs) Yeah, he probably is, because, for one, I never even bothered, like, playing anything, like, online with uh, Destiny. But, uh, no, I just came down to the decision, you know, where it's just Destiny, I've had my fun with it, but I do not really feel like going forth and uh, keeping this game... Even though I know there's going to be big improvements, my thing is I'll trade it in now. If a year from now there's a bunch of good content and it's at the same price as 60 bucks or something like that and it's really improved and things are fleshed out, I'll go ahead and invest in it again. I don't care. I'll spend more money on Destiny. It was decent while it lasted. Yeah, that's kind of like we've had other people like I've seen posts online about it like, hey, should I trade this in or hold on to it? And I'm just, I've been saying like, well, the DLC comes, the big expansion comes out in December. I'd say if you're done with it and you don't plan on playing it for a while, like, because the, they're worried that maybe it gets good later. Like, trade it in now. Like, while it's max value and trade in. Yeah. If you have something else you want, get that. And then, in December, it's probably going to be, like, 40 bucks. And if you hear good things about the expansion, maybe pick it up again. Or, you know, January, whatever. And then pick right. up the expansion. Yeah, exactly my point. Yeah, you know, because you're guaranteed a set amount of money now if you trade it in. You're not guaranteed this game is going to be good in four to six months. Yeah, so. exactly the point. But take the sure thing. Yeah, we, <laughs> well, I know we could speak a little bit more about this, like uh, when we actually get into our actual topics, though. But why don't we just go ahead and just uh, 
go into what we have been playing. Yeah. <laughs> go back into what we've been playing. Go back into what we've actually been playing <laughs> instead of me rambling like normal. But, uh, yeah, Smash Brothers. <laughs> so what have you done with uh, things so far? Everything. Everything? Seriously? <laughs> no, um, I actually, uh, it was pretty fun. So I, I went digital, as I talked about um, last yeah. week. I decided to go digital. I, How was that? Uh, it went pretty well. Uh, actually, um, I woke up like, uh, this past Friday, I woke up like 12.30 in the morning. Oh and I, I went, I'm like, normally, I, this is kind of, no, I wake up a lot in the middle of the night. I just fall right back asleep. But I woke up, I'm like, 12.30, I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if it's on the store yet. Like, so I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't pull my, I had my, actually fell asleep with my 3DS next to me on my bed. <laughs> yes, I slept with my 3DS. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've done that a few times, too. It's hilarious. Well, I, I fully intended on doing it in case, because I, I, I always know I wake up in the middle of the night. So I fully intended on, like, if I right. woke up in the middle of the night, I'm just going to download, I'm going to buy it, download it, and then. Uh, you know, that way it's, like, ready for me when I get home or whatever. So, yep. I woke up about 12.30. It was already in the store. 12.30 my time, which is shocking. Because, like, Sony and, like, Microsoft, uh, usually when their stuff comes up, they say midnight. It's actually midnight Pacific time, which is 2 a.m. Yep. my time, 3 a.m. Jake's time. So, it was yep. it was surprising to see at 12.30 it was actually already up. So, I bought it, downloaded it, woke up again about 3 in the morning, looked. It's already downloaded. Turned it off. Woke up again about uh, 5 o'clock in the morning. I had to be up at 6. I said, fuck it. I'm staying up. I said they're going to play Smash Brothers until uh, 6 o'clock. Actually, like 6.15-ish. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> until like 6.15. I actually unlocked a couple characters while I was doing it, too. And I, I, I've been playing wow. it a bunch. Uh, it's actually funny. My buddy and I, Friday, uh, Friday, I took him up to go get the game. Uh, he's having some car problems. And uh, I went back to his place. We, we, got, we stopped, got some beer. And we were sitting there playing <laughs> for like probably a couple hours, sat there and just played the game. Um, Dude, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. It actually worked really well with the uh, just jumping into a game in and out. But that was I haven't tried the online. Well, actually, I did play a couple games online, um, but that but being actually with the person uh, went pretty well. Um, but no, overall, I'm uh, man, I am thoroughly enjoying this game. What about what, what, what about you, man? How's how are things going for you? We're getting. I want to hear what you have to say before we go into detail. Well, you know what? I've never, I haven't even actually delved into like the single player aspects of it. I haven't done Smash Run. I haven't done like any type of the classic modes or the ad, like the ad, not the adventure mode. <laughs> That's melee, but yeah. uh, the All Star mode I haven't got into either. But what I have been doing is I've been trying the multi bomb thing. I've actually went into the, the multi man melee stuff. That's how I unlocked Wario though by defeating like uh, the multi man melee thing with the Donkey Kong, like nice. I used to in melee. Nice, where you just stand in the center of the stage and you just use his down B and stuff like that. Just keep. Like, I do this. Uh, I do the same thing with Link, but up B. He just does the circle. <laughs> just the spin attack. It's really hilarious because you see like DK's right in the middle of the stage, and I'm just doing his down B where he's just like smacking the ground and stuff, and all the guys are just flying everywhere. And I literally got like maybe to about ninety percent damage or something like that before like uh, I ended up getting my last guy, you know. So it's like, oh, oh hey, good, nice. good, 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 good. But the hard part about it was I was trying to beat Mario as Donkey Kong, like, <laughs> and Donkey Kong, man, he's freaking slow. You gotta freaking like time your attacks just right because I'm not too sure what the difficulty of the computer was but the thing about it was he would that damn warrior kept like invading my fucking attacks dude it's like I went through I tried to do the, the spin like the wind up punch thing just try to store that go through try to do it a few times he would instantly fucking block the damn thing like no no <laughs> no <laughs> so I finally got him like uh, eventually 
And the thing about it is, you fight, like, uh, these secret... You, I actually fought the Wario on his own stage, like the WarioWare-inspired, like, uh, stage. Yeah, I love that stage. And I, I, thought it's, I think it's so cool that they actually uh, kept uh, the costume stuff from Brawl, where you can actually go into his original attire and stuff. Wario's original attire is, like, his oh, yellow and nice. uh, purple suit by going to the costume stuff. So, you know what, I played a few rounds, I actually went through training mode, and I tried out all the characters that were available. I really love playing as uh, Little Mac, because Little Mac, dude, he's like, seriously, he may have, like, bad, like, a recovery and stuff, but the dude is freaking mm-hmm. broken as shit. I mean, you're trying just to go through, you're just punching stuff, you're, like, doing his dashes and all sorts of things. I kid you not, when I took him inside the Home Run Derby, like, not the Home Run Derby, but like the Home Run, like, uh contest and stuff he literally had like about uh 2000 like 600 i got it up to Shit. Oh, oh that's nothing man in comparison to uh because i tried out every single character oh on the whole God. run contest and uh here's exactly how it went i think it was oh boy oh boy i think it was like say i want to say like marth or something like that had one of the higher ones that i had then it was replaced by it was a replaced by Little Mac. I think Robin actually had like uh, a couple things, but no, the pers- the character I had the most, like uh, yardage yardage wise and stuff, was uh, Olimar. Why? Because Olimar has his purple Pikmin with him. <laughs> he has the purple. <laughs> and uh, I kid you not, he has his little because the purple Pikmin inside like. Uh, inside the Pikmin series, they're known for their strength. Yeah. And so it starts you with all three, like, three of them, because that's the max you can carry at a time, three, instead of, like, say, four or five, like, in Brawl. So what I ended up doing is I kept on, like, smashing the thing. I, I literally get past 100 damage before I actually go and hit the home run bat, and I see the damn thing, like, sailing for, like, a good solid five seconds before it starts crashing down, like, over 3,000 and something. Like, whoa! Nice. Holy shit. Dude, dude, the home run contest is just amazing because you're just going through... It's it's literally the same thing as Melee, where you're just going through and just trying to figure out the pattern or something, how you can, like, uh, time, like, your shots up until the point where uh, you grab the bat and just whack the damn thing. Yeah. But one thing I did notice, though, was uh, if you play as Captain Falcon, like, say, in Melee... You didn't even have to get the home run bat. You just had you just basically had to falcon punch the darn thing, and the thing would sail off like about two thousand or so feet. Yeah. If you got enough damage on them. Whereas in this game, you can't do that. You literally had like, uh, you literally it just sends it maybe like a couple feet. <laughs> yeah. So, in the terms of like, uh, I think it was either like melee or something like that. Captain Falcon, his uh, his like swing was like really weird because it would push the sandbag up. And stuff when he swung the bat, but inside this made this uh Smash Brothers game, he actually goes for a legitimate swing of the bat. So he kind of uh, he kind of swings, kind of like Albert Pujols, <laughs> but like uh, ugh, it's, it's just really funny just to watch him just like swinging in the motion. But let's see, I tried out all the stages. I really like the alternative like stages and stuff where you can just basically switch between their normal stages and like. Uh, the Final Destination variants of them. Yeah, where it's just the stage and, like, it's just a background with the stage. Yeah, exactly the point. Hmm, let's see. Other characters I kind of liked delving around with, I really liked playing, like, as, uh, 
Actually, Ike was pretty good too. Ike is pretty solid. I think. Yeah, I, uh, I think anybody. Pac-Man, yeah. Pac-Man's pretty good. I think any character that's, that has a sword is a great. Um, is a fairly easy character to jump into. For I think so too. More casual, like Link's always a go-to for me. Uh, any of the Fire Emblem guys are pretty good to go into. It's usually I think the hardest ones, like the ones I struggle with the most, are like. Um, Samus and uh, Mega Man. I just I'm not very good with oh. characters that have guns. Oh, speaking of Samus, though, I noticed something that was really cool, and that's kind of like a drawback to the original Smash Brothers. Inside the original Smash Brothers, whenever you would get uh, Samus's like up B and stuff, where she would go into the screw attack, yeah, what would happen was you would take your opponent with you and stuff, where it would just do all this various damage, like uh, in like melee and even brawl. They shied away from it. But in this game, you can actually do that. And I'm like, oh, whoa, this actually nice. feels stronger. It feels like the original. It's awesome. Because that was the That's main good. awesome thing about Samus and stuff back in the original Smash Brothers was it, she was so kind of overpowered and stuff where you could just do a couple shots, like do the screw attack, and then all of a sudden you just have just lock them in inside this uh, four or five hit combo, basically, up until like uh, the move ended. But um, let's see, what other characters am I thinking of here? Well, I haven't had a chance to unlock any more characters besides Wario, and even oh, wow. so, Wario feels better as well. You know, he feels better than his brawl counterpart. Yeah. He feels like he's more not faster, but it seems like a lot of his uh, hitbox moves are kind of tuned. I think. Yeah, mm. I mean, I've, I've, I'm kind of doing a thing um, with this one where uh, I, I do. I've been doing a lot of the Smash battles and. I just put everything. I put always put my guy on random, like random choice, right? For which character I play as. So I've been playing as a lot of different characters that way. Um, Pac Man's actually pretty cool. I love his. Uh, he's got a pretty cool Final Smash where he just turns into a, a giant Pac Man, like the Pac Man <laughs> game, and he just like goes around, like he just eats, like he just eats all the all the competitors in the, on the map. Um, oh my gosh! Uh, Sonic oh, yeah, is okay. I'm yeah. not. A, I I didn't like Sonic too much in Brawl. Sonic is too fast. <laughs> yeah, it, it's some of those some of those shorter levels, like the levels don't have a lot of room in it, like, or especially ones that have like a lot of gaps. Like he's he's kind of tough in. Uh, so far, yeah. I've unlocked Ness and Falco. I've unlocked oh, cool. a couple of maps as well. I haven't unlocked Wario. Uh, I've I've actually I've tried I've jumped into a lot of stuff. I've already done the All Star thing a few times. Where and this one's kind of interesting, where they separate the like so in All Star mode. Like, basically how it is, is you pick a character to play as, and you do a series of battles with, like, multiple characters, like, four or five characters in each, oh, in each battle, and I think there's six of them, five or six, and basically, so you're in, so you go into one stage, it's usually, um, you go into one stage, and you fight three at a time, you kill, you kill them out, and then there's two more that drop through randomly in the game, kill those right. guys, you go into the next battle, and your, and your damage continues to increase with it so it doesn't so basically you gotta kill all these guys with one life in right. five or six different battles and the way they separate they did it this year is it's not so much random it's just they separated by like kind of like uh years so like you'll fight guys from like 1985 like the nes Whoa. stage so like 1985 1989 you'll fight like a little mac uh mario <laughs> um i think luigi um i think metroid's in, in the first one then the second one i think it's like captain falcon uh Captain Star- Falcon would be like more like ninety one, I think. Yeah, so I he's think. in the second 91. one. Yeah, and then you have like um, 
Ness, I think maybe like 95, possibly, you know, just, it's just, it's just random. Yeah, so they, they have a separated by kind of like, by generation, like about four or five year gap, that's how they separate it, so that's pretty fun, oh, that works. cool. Uh, there's not a lot of variations to it, it's kind of like the same thing every time, so. Um, oh, you, I see. So that's kind of disappointing in that part, where you've done it, you've done it once, you've done it. Um, it was fun that with. kind of. Go ahead. Yeah, honestly, from the, by the way you're making it sound, it kind of reminds me of when PlayStation All Stars did their like single player mode because I played that game to death, <laughs> and uh, that was one of the boring parts about that game in general is because if you played one character, you're basically facing off against like the same format of battles, like one after another. Well, then different is the character that you're using and the cutscenes. Yeah, that's th- it. This wasn't even <laughs> cutscenes. Really, the only thing that changes is. It'll pick a map. You get a random map every time of like one of those characters you're going to play against. Uh-huh. Um, classic mode's kind of interesting this time, where um, you earn coins as you play the game, and with um, you start off like you can pick the difficulty level uh, one through nine, and right. choose like where you start off, and you can actually gamble coins. The, the more the, the the less you you can you actually um, if you put on a lower level lower than two, it actually you. You give them coins too, but you basically earn less. So there's no point in doing that one. Right. But if you do two or higher, you can do like 2.1, 2.2, 2.3, all the way up to nine. And the higher level you go, the harder it gets, obviously. But the more point, more coins you put up, and right. um, but that's also the more coins you can earn and use the coins you can unlock. Uh, I think you unlock songs and trophies and stuff like that. And so that's pretty interesting. Where actually, there's no like cutscenes. There's no target practice. Nothing like any other games uh, in the series past. Really, with this one, is like you just see your character and you walk down like a line and you can pick between three directions. It shows you like the logo of each of like the uh, that uh, of like the game. Like so, you see like Link's logo, Zelda's logo, a Mario logo, and whatever. And like it'll be like a fork in the road. And you pick which way you want to go, and it'll, you'll see coins like going up to each one. And the more coins okay. you see on on that road, usually means a harder one. So you might go if you can go the easy route, you'll just face that character. You go to a harder route, you I might see. face giant Link or something like that. And or you uh-huh. might fight. You might see. Um, you might do have to do like a tag battle or something like that. And that's okay. kind of how that works out. You know, the, the more the harder the difficulty, the more coins you can well, potentially cool earn. Of it. So that kind of changes it up, and that makes it kind of nice. Um, Smash Run, I'm not sure how I feel on it. There's eight different ways. There's eight different types of Smash Run. I've only done a couple. The one, the one I've done so far is so. What Smash Run is is you start out, you pick a character, and then like you, then like the, either you can do it online, you can play with friends, mm-hmm. or if you just do it like solo, it then you get three random characters you play against. And what happens is is oh, you I basically see. go into a stage for five minutes where it's actually you're just there by yourself. You're going through this like little world. And uh, basically, you go as you kill enemies in this world, um, kind of like adventure mode was in Brawl. Uh, you kill those enemies, cool. and you as you kill them, they they drop like power ups, and you power up your guy, so you get attack points, um, special move points, defense, uh, and jump a bunch of uh, speed, a bunch of things. And for five minutes, basically, you kill as many enemies as you can, build it up as much as you can, and then you have a one minute battle. Right. So it sucks. So basically, you spend five minutes building up your character to have a one minute battle. Hmm. I haven't tried it out yet, though. But yeah, that does kind of sound just disappointing in a way where, well, yeah, the Smash Run thing. You know, you're building up your character. You're doing this. You're doing that, and stuff like that. But it's like a what was like a four like a character battle or something like that for about a minute. Yeah. So basically, you just like do you you all do your separate five minute Smash Run, building up your stats, 
and then you go into after you're done you take your character that you built up and you have a battle against the other three opponents Man, and it's basically just try to get as many kills as you can in one minute. And it's kind of like why I'm spending five minutes to build up for a one minute match. There's there's different variations of it too. I've only that's the one I've done the most. Um, I'll I'll check out the rest. There's eight, like I said, there's eight different kinds. I want to check out the rest because that's kind of the big thing they're pushing for this game, and that's gonna be exclusive to the 3DS version. And it's kind of falling flat for me. But Mm. no, I'm saying overall, I'm actually really enjoying this game. I mean, it's Smash Brothers. If you love yeah. Smash Brothers, you're gonna love this game. It did a great job of port of making it 3DS. It's not a it doesn't it is not a port. It's not a cheap port. It's like this game it does was, not feel like a cheap port no, any means. It actually feels like an authentic console, like Smash Brothers. Yeah, they've actually like they just built they built this game from the ground up on 3DS. It wasn't just uh, you know let's make, get some shitty graphics uh, and just kind of port it over to that. It's it's actually a full length like fully made for the 3DS. I, I'm fully satisfied with this game. I'm it's one of those games I'm like. It's, you're going to be going back to for years to come, kind of like what melee was to me. Like I even I played like melee as a game. Like I, I went, I think I played like four or five months ago still. So like, I think I could see <laughs> I could see Smash Bros. 3DS being a game I'm going to be playing for a while. Um, no, do you have anything else to add on that, or are we ready to move on? Please. No, that's pretty much the size of it. That's pretty much all I've done with uh, five experiences with Smash Bros. But yeah, let's go on. All right. So let's kind of go on. We don't have like nothing major going on. We're you know just really we're at the point of game releases and not a lot of news. Um, yep. So let's go on. Like, we were kind of touched on it earlier, but we let's go ahead and go back into it. But kind of talk about some of the disapp- disappointments so far this year with video games. So have, for you, like, have games been pretty like the big games at least? Have they been pretty disappointing for you? Well, for the main part, from the games that I have initially played that have released this year, I'm talking about like. Uh... Like, games that have been hyped up, just hyped to death, like, say, Titanfall, which supposedly people were hyping up to be this Call of Duty killer, and then, like, games that we just seen, like, say, with Destiny for a change. And I could even, like, maybe suggest maybe Infamous Second Son in a certain way, because that was one of the big, like, uh, releases for Sony for their PS4, one of their first major releases for it. Yeah. But, uh, overall, I think it has been sort of disappointing, because... I understand the fact that this is the first official year for both the PS4 and Xbox One being out on the market, and there's a lot of room for improvement. But at the same time, you know, you've got to look at these certain aspects, too, that, yes, yes, we are going to have disappointing games and stuff, but at the... Uh, my, my way of looking at it is we've had some good... We've had a lot of good games. Um, yes. I think it's actually been a pretty solid year, um, the first year out for the new console. I think the problem is right now is... Um, and yeah, something like I've talked about it before, like I felt like Titanfall kind of came and went destiny. Yes. I mean, you were hearing like people are liking it, but they're liking it more because everybody else is like, they're playing with their friends more than they're actually enjoying the game. Uh, yeah, that's kind of, a, that's, that's good though, but that's sort of a problem too. If the only reason why you're playing it is not because you're having fun, like say with, uh, with the actual gameplay, like story aspect, but more so just because. Oh hey, let's just screw around for about an hour or so. Yeah, and I mean like Infamous came and went. Um, Dead Rising did, you know, kind of came and went. Uh, I think the problem right now is everybody that has a next gen con or I guess now current gen a PS4, Xbox One, is looking for a validation of their four or five hundred dollar console. Yeah, and right now we just haven't. I mean, we've had a collection of pretty solid games. We just haven't had the game that's kind of like that's the reason I bought a, a new console. 
Right, exactly the point. I mean, let's go back to, say, other console launches even before, like, uh, the PS4 and Xbox One. Let's take it as far back. I'm going to say, I'm going to take it far back as, say, Super Nintendo. Because when that console first launched, there was only, like, maybe four games, really, for that console for months. There was Super Mario World, there was F-Zero, there was SimCity, and I think there was, like, uh, another one that I'm... God dang it. I'm not too sure of the last... Pilot Wings, that's right. <laughs> And how I remember all of those, I have no idea. It's pretty solid launch but, lineup, though. Yeah, that's the fact that the matter is. With uh, that console launch lineup and stuff, you had some incredibly fun games that were solid quality, right? But at the same time, it's like you had just those four games, but yet you were still waiting months, especially if you just looking forward to maybe one game out of that whole aspect. Hell, let's take it even further. Yeah. Like, say, let's say with the launch of the 64, which... You know what? That only had maybe about like one or two like games for like the first three months of its like. And I'm Super Mario sixty four, Pilot Wing sixty four, Madden. <laughs> yeah, maybe like to that effect. Though I'm not too sure. I'm not one hundred percent certain though. But Super Mario sixty four was a major game that everybody had, and there was a long ass drought into like the next the next like uh, big game with that. But mostly what I'm saying is, yeah, even with the PS two as well. But mostly what I'm saying is. Don't give up on these consoles yet. I mean, hell, gamers today have it so freaking easy with their like downloadable games. With uh, with the fact that uh, they can easily get like games like uh, even a lot of these indie games that say like Fez or like stuff on their PS4s or their Xbox Ones or whatsoever. And then you have these huge variety of games that are releasing in a span of the first year in their new consoles lifespan. I think that is uh, really uh, well. That's really good in comparison to years past, but at the same time, there's a lot of room for improvement, Yeah, right? This the, is the transitional period. <laughs> most definitely. I, I think a lot of it is the fact that, I mean, we're, no one's, none of the big companies are making games solely for, I mean, Assassin's Creed yeah. Unity is probably going to be the first third-party game that's solely for uh, the, the next yeah. generation. But the problem is, is games are so expensive to make now, that people are going to, like, they have a sure thing. Like we talked about before, always go with the sure thing. Why, I mean, like, putting Destiny on PS4 and Xbox One sounds great to us that own a PS4 and Xbox One, but to the company, it's like, hmm, well, only 20 million people own, 18 to 20 million people own an Xbox One or PS4. Maybe right. a quarter of them will buy it. Why would I put it on there when 75, 80 million people own a 360 and a PS3? So I, yes. the problem is, is no one's fully tapped into the new consoles, and it's going to be a while before they really kick in. I mean, like you look at it like it took a couple of years for people to finally figure out how to to work the PS3, or even with the, the 360. People just, like developers didn't realize that hey, if we make a second disc that you just you download the graphics basically to make the game look prettier on, <laughs> they didn't figure that out until the last like two years before the of the, the 360, well before the Xbox One came out. And yep. it's going to take a while to fully get in, tap into that. And first, we, we've got to kill... I don't think we're going to fully get great games until probably about a year after they stop working, making games for 360 and PS3. Yeah, I understand that exactly. But, uh, but yeah, you know what? Just, you know, a lot of companies, even... I would call this really like a cross-generational type of thing where... You have companies on one foot and one side of the door where you have the 360, the PS3 and stuff that's uh, still making the money. There's still millions of users still using it. And on the other side, they have the PS4, the future, 
the future with PS4 and Xbox One, where they're trying to come up with content and see if easy ways to transition into the big old like uh, AAA stuff or whatever it is that's going to take those consoles to the next level. We don't know whether it's going to be the next Halo, whether it's going to be the next Uncharted, or something completely new and off the wall, which seems to happen every console generation. Yeah. There's always that one game that transitions, that transcends like gaming into another level. Yeah. We had Mario 64 that revolutionized, like say, 3D gaming and stuff like that. We had GTA 3 on the PS2, which revolutionized sandbox games, and even and last Halo. generation... Yeah, well, Halo to a certain extent too for first-person shooters on consoles. Yep. And then, like last generation, we had the advent of online gaming coming to the forefront for consoles, where you had games like Halo Three, you had Call of Duty, you had Gears of War, you have all these other like big-name stuff just like going through. And now this generation is going to go through with it's going to be maybe digital content, you know, like yeah. the big next step. Everything's going to be digital. Yeah, it's kind of like you look, you know, like we talked, like I've talked about before. Like this this generation, I don't think it's really fully gonna like find its place until it finds some. It has that thing that's different from the previous generation. It could be the streaming. Right. It could be the social aspect of it. It could be. I mean, it, I don't know where it's gonna be. It could be digital. I don't know what the big game changer uh, for for this one could be. But I, I think really for the next eighteen months, eighteen to twenty four months. The, the big ones you're going to see are, um, like, games that are going to, like, kind of make these games, like, these consoles worth owning are going to be first-party titles, like Halo 5, right. 1886, um, Bloodborne. Are they, those are, like, the, the exclusives and first-party titles. I think those are going to be the things that will make us, okay, this is why I own this console. Right. Until I, I think it's going to be a few years for the third-party developers uh, catch up. Well, all I can say is I'm glad that I didn't have a chance to play through Tomb Raider, Sleeping Dogs, and Saints Row the Fourth or something on the last generation consoles. Yeah. Because everybody knows from listening to this podcast that I got burnt out with the PS3, like, like uh, towards the beginning of this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so let's go ahead and we'll go ahead and move on. Uh, okay. Let's go on to let's let's talk about a little more Nintendo because we haven't done that enough this week. Uh, <laughs> when, when Jake is gone, we discuss Nintendo. Yep, <laughs> it's because the only time he can't um, <laughs> without him getting angry. Yes, <laughs> uh, but God damn it, guys! You talk about too much Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the voice he uses too. Yes. Anyway, but uh, Cap- Captain Toad um, got a release date um, and a price point. It's coming out December fifth for forty dollars. Which awesome! That's awesome. And then Smash Brothers Wii U base. This has been almost been the rumor date for like two months now but it will be coming yeah. out november 21st so uh i'm, I'm you know the, not much to say on that one smash brothers kind of what we expected yeah. uh same day as the freaking pokemon for 3ds fuckers oh my god that's right that's nuts yeah it did it last Jesus year though with me. 3d world super mario 3d world and uh zelda for 3ds so i'm not wow. i'm not too surprised about it uh, but Captain Toad, forty bucks. That's all. They, I I honestly fully expected that game to be sixty dollars, but forty dollars makes me very interested. I knew it was going to be something because uh, sixty dollars seemed a little bit too much for that type of a game, and seeing it as for forty bucks, that's that's a deal. Yeah, that's a deal for me. I am going to get this. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I, I I might wait. Um, I don't think I'll get it right away because I don't have enough to play in November. Like that could be a December January game for me. This right. that's a Christmas list game for me, right there. Um, yeah, I understand. Or that. If, you know, or I could if I see it like that's a game I wouldn't mind buying digitally. If I see it right. on this like on sale, like because Nintendo does a pretty good job with their sales. 
Um, yeah. If I see it for like 25, 30 bucks, I'll probably pick it up for sure digitally. Um, but no, I'm pretty excited. Uh, it's gonna be good, uh, good time for uh, gaming as kind of really oh, par for course shit. for it's the like... fall season. <laughs> but um, no, so let's go on some other news here. Let's, let's talk about some non-Nintendo stuff. So yeah. Sony has pretty much announced that um, they are developing in quotations, <clears throat> quotations, social games for the VR headset. <laughs> the thing's not even fucking out yet. And it's already doomed. It's next connect. It's it's Sony's connect. <laughs> I'm calling it now. This thing is You're going to Sony's connect. Yeah, this is. <laughs> oh, God damn it! This game. The, the, so the, the people developing this game are owned by the company that's doing. It. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um, right. Is owned by Sony, and they're the ones that brought us SingStar. Okay. Oh my God. So I always. Yeah, I'll, we all know how that well that game did. Yeah, they they made a lot of iToy games. So to me, they're they're going this man going the social. Has anybody not learned from what happened to the Wii and the Kinect? I know it made money. More importantly, has Sony has not learned that whenever it tries to release reciprocals or like any type of reciprocals, you gotta support this thing, right? And what is the exact opposite that they do? They don't support it. Or they do it's, support it with a bunch of crap social games, like yes, like well, casual that's, games. That's the thing. But they drop support of it so quick. I mean, look at how quickly they drop, like uh, say, the PlayStation Move. Yeah, PlayStation Move. I mean, there, there's just other types of accessories too. I mean, even the Vita could be considered like, say, certain things that they've uh, kind of dropped the ball on. But uh, yeah. they're still advertising games for it, at least. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know what? I see this whole like social VR headset. This this whole aspect of this VR headset, I see it as a step in the right direction for them in terms of like, say, you know, just delving their feet inside like the virtual like the the headsets stuff say like presented with oculus rift this whole this whole like vr race i'm thinking that it's being called right now but yeah yeah social games what are they gonna do like have some sort of maple story or some sort of other crap or something like that i have no like some farmville (laughs) like yeah like well no because oculus rift is owned by facebook and that's like that's when oculus rift was bought by facebook i lost complete interest in that thing because i know it's, we're going to be playing freaking Angry Birds and that damn thing. It, it's going to be a freaking farm. We're going to have a Facebook, people are going to have like Facebook app on it and crap like that. But tell it's, us, you I are don't... the Angry Bird. <laughs> God, I don't know. I mean, I'm just so, I'm already, the VR, the VR stuff, the virtual reality stuff hasn't even got here yet. And I'm already like. Sick of it. Yeah. Like I was, I'm legitimately look. I was legitimately looking forward to this a couple of years ago, but now it's just. We're we're already looking at social games. Like let's get the hard. Like what what's what validates these things? It's not. I mean, people like yeah. You get the casual market. They're gonna buy a lot of these things. They're gonna play all like the little those games for a couple weeks. Kind of like the Wii. Right. Everybody bought the console, but nobody bought any damn games. And well, that's you know what? Yeah, that, the attach rate for the thing was maybe like what two to four games maybe max. Yeah, when you look so, at like the three sixty and the PS three were. People were buying, like, on average, eight to nine games a year for the thing. When the Wii right. was, like, about two, two and a half. And I mm-hmm. see the VR headset. I mean, look at Connect. Everybody has one. But that's because it got freaking bundled in with the console. And yeah, and it sold a lot of console. People bought well, a lot of them. Except for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I waited until it didn't have You, you were smart. Attached with it. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I look at the 360. A lot of people bought a Connect, And we, you played, like, the Connect Adventures and maybe, like, uh, the... The dance game, Dance Central. You and probably scan some VR uh, codes too, possibly. Maybe have some voice commands inside some of the 
maybe Dead Rising 3 or whatsoever. But other than that, it's like, what the hell's the use of this thing? Yeah, and that, that's kind of where I'm, I'm looking at this thing, where is what what makes the most money for uh, video game company, like the, the you know the console makers, and you know, it's it's selling games. The consoles, yeah. I, I guarantee you, that selling the VR headset, not gonna, it's going to make them money, but not but people are buying games for this thing. It's going to make them a hell of a lot more money in the long run, in two three years. I think I think Agreed. looking at trying to grab that social. I understand you want to get that social market, but you got to do a great job of getting that hardcore market. And if they lean too far towards the social, you're going to get the connect. Where yeah, you're going to sell. It's so short sighted. Where you're going to yeah, we're, we're going to sell three million v- uh, VR headsets, but uh, you're going to like get the. Get, they're only going to play the games that are packed in with it. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not. I obviously I mean this thing. I could be looking at this like the thing's dead too soon, but I, I, awesome. I feel like they knew they need to get that hardcore market right off the bat and keep with it six to twelve to eighteen months down the line. Yep. It's not like I mean, look at like the Connect when it came out. They had a lot. Of, they did some. They did some. They did some hardcore stuff with it, like well, the Connect when it came out for Xbox One. They did a lot of integrations with it with the, with the a lot of the games everybody was buying with it. But no one's doing anything with it now. Like it's mainly just the social freaking casual crap we get. We're gonna get right. a lot. We're gonna get a bunch of shitty dance games and uh, Fruit Ninja. Shh. Fucking pissing me off. <laughs> Nintendo makes me happy. Sony <laughs> casual games do not. Fucking sons of bitches. <laughs> Anyways, God, sorry. I, I, that happens. It's been a while since I ranted. It was due. <laughs> a lot of pit of frustration. <laughs> oh man, that's just hilarious. But let's let's go on to another uh, morbid su- subject. Saturday mor- morning cartoons are dead. Explain to me well, why, Jack. Well, if you're like me and uh, basically say you've uh, grew up in the childhood and stuff, where you would go ahead and say. You know, have your little thing of cereal, like around 8 a.m. or maybe 6 a.m. if you're that crazy. Wake up on a Saturday morning and stuff. Just turn on TV and stuff and see some of your favorite cartoons going back and forth. Hey, you had a fun time. You had some things. I mean, they would probably last maybe until noon, possibly maybe 2 o'clock if you're lucky. But uh, there was some random news this week that was kind of a little bit disturbing. Now... The trend with Saturday morning cartoons just like dwindling down, like from like uh, primetime network support, has obviously been like just terrible, like over the past like ten years and stuff. Like ever since, say Fox like eliminated their Saturday morning lineup and stuff. Other like uh, big name like a uh, network started to do the same thing. Obviously, I mean one of the first companies to actually just uh, just dissolve their Saturday morning lineup altogether. I think it was like NBC, and that was like back in '92. Uh, yeah. But uh, the thing about this was this past Saturday, well, actually last Saturday more exactly, was the last main network that had Saturday morning cartoons, like an actual primetime TV thing, having Saturday morning cartoons, was the CW, right? The CW had, like, uh, other, like, Saturday morning cartoons that were there from, like, other, like, networks that before they shut down. Yeah, like, like, Cubics which was predominantly for, like, Kids WB before that shut down, like, in 2007 or 2006. Then you had, like, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh!, which was mainly predominant with uh, Kids WB as well, and even some, oh, maybe, oh, man, I'm, I forget which, though, but, yeah, like, Justice League, you had, like, other sorts of, like, other types of programming that would see on there, but 
that's the thing. Over the past 50 years, there has been Saturday morning cartoons dating back to the 1970s. You know, like, with things like Scooby-Doo, possibly, with things like, say, Yogi Bear and all this other, like, random stuff. And even with the 80s, when you had, like, all the, the big boom of, like, these cartoons that were, like, just kids would look forward to over, like, their their childhood, say, like, Transformers or, like, Mask or Thundercats or all this other stuff. Teenage Literally, Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, exactly. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That started, like, in the mid... I think it was, like, in the mid or late 80s as well. Yep. And then, obviously, for some of us who actually grew, like, grew up in the 90s and stuff like that, that was considered one of the biggest, the last big hurrah inside that type of uh, Saturday morning cartoon things before... Drifting into the 2000s and stuff, where everything just eventually just started to go down to what we're at right now, whereas internet is replacing a lot of the TV viewings for younger viewers, Mm -hmm. and so less people watching TV, less people watching the programming there, more are getting what they need from, like, Netflix or Hulu Plus or whatever the hell they are. They can basically watch cartoons whenever the hell they please. So, the thing about it is, yes... Saturday morning cartoons may not be completely dead since we do have Saturday morning things for, like, lineups for, like, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, maybe Disney Channel. But it's kind of sad in a way because a part, the part of, uh, like, a childhood where we used to just wake up and stuff, that's not going to be prevalent for kids in another generation, you know, that are just, like, are just coming up. That's kind of sad in a way. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I'm like, I... I am kind of just not thinking about that. Like, yeah, it was kind of like, like that used that was my thing for like ten years. I'd wake up every Saturday and like watch Pokemon Dude, or Power I Rangers would... or Yu Gi Oh, whatever yeah, it was exactly at the time. Exactly the point. Exactly the point, though. I continued to watch Saturday morning cartoons up until like around two thousand six or something like that. Two thousand. I was basically eighteen. I was still enjoying a lot of the Saturday morning stuff because hell, nonviolent programming. You don't yeah. get a lot of that on television nowadays. And you have, like, all these various other, like, uh, shows that I would love to watch. I mean, hell, I remember when I was, like, five years old, 1993, right? And so, the first episode of Batman the Animated Series appears on Fox Kids. And I was blown away. For one, I knew about, I knew there were certain things like super, like, superheroes and stuff. But that was, the theme song, everything about that show is stuck with me to this day. Mm -hmm. The acting. Like with Kevin Conroy as uh, Batman, Mark Hamill as the Joker, everything about that show. There's a reason why people consider it one of the best animated shows of all time is because the quality of it was aimed more for a a general audience. It wasn't just for kids. It wasn't just like, it was a kid's show, yes. It was was family friendly. It was family friendly. I mean, they were dealing with adult themes, too. Even shows like, say, on the Disney Channel had, like, uh, their own block of Saturday morning cartoons before they stopped. It was like, uh, they had Gargoyles. Gargoyles, that was their answer to them in the series. And that was also interesting. I mean, I had a chance to watch parts of the first season for the first time this year, as I would... I never watched it, because some some of my parents are actually highly religious. They did not like... uh, things like say like gargoyles or something like that's kind of looked demonic or whatsoever and so i watch an episode where gargoyles where they're dealing about gun violence (laughs) right one of the one of the gargoyles accidentally shoots one of his friends or something like that this police officer and she i kid you not it was so shocking and surprising you see blood a little bit of it and it's like holy shit that's an issue that would not be like touched upon to that extent today. 
No, we're it's too sensitive. That type. Nowadays. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be accepted. It would be taken off. It would be like a four kids entertainment type of things where they would take a gun out of your fucking hand and stuff like that and just uh, have you point things on a finger, you know, a la Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> yeah. And it wouldn't be blood, and they wouldn't be dying. They would go into the shadow realm. Yeah. You know, it's just that bullshit. <laughs> but, uh, Tyler, what exactly were your favorite, like, Saturday morning cartoon things that you used to watch? Um, like, like, I was never, like, big until, like, I remember, like, the, there was, like, a Mighty Ducks cartoon for a little while. Yeah, Mighty uh, Ducks. That yeah. was there. Uh, like, the big ones, like, obviously, like, Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, yeah. I, I remember, like, there was a those. Mega Man one for a little while. Yeah, there was Mega Man, like, uh, oh my gosh, Mega Man Battle Network, I think it was. Yeah, that one. I remember they made, like, I remember the, that one, too. I remember playing the crap out of the GameCube game. I remember, like, yeah, I remember shows, too, like, Wayne Head, which is, like, on the WB, like, 95, we're talking about, before the, like, Pokemon craze came in 98. Like, uh, you had Freakazoid, you had Animaniacs, you had, like, uh, yeah, Tiny Toons. Yep, remember the those quality, ones. Quality cartoons back then. Rugrats. But one of my favorites was the superhero cartoons because they were fucking good. You had, yeah. obviously, Batman, like I was just saying. You had Spider-Man. You had the X-Men. You had, like, uh, all these shows. Awesome qualities. Different types of things. Hell, I was big into Power Rangers, even though it wasn't a Saturday morning cartoon. It was, like, it was aimed towards me. <laughs> and they sold a yeah. lot of fucking merchandise, I'll tell you that for sure. But I've, I've watched a lot of Power Rangers growing up, too. That is kind of, like, it is kind of, like, I mean, not, it's little sad for us as like man like our kids will never know the joy of waking up on a saturday morning exactly. and like watching their but then again we'll never get to know the joy of like waking up on a saturday morning and having everything in the world in the palm of your hand like that's very true like, i that's know very true too. like a kid like back like <laughs> kids nowadays like my friend's uh his daughter who's two she has like the the wii u game patch it's just like turn it on and go to Netflix and go straight to the cartoons she wants to watch. Are you serious? Yeah. She's that versed with a damn computer thing already. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, with, well, with the Wii U game That pad. is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, like, Wii's like, yeah, man, they'll never have the joy of watching that. But they'll never have, they'll never have the, the annoyingness of commercial breaks. <laughs> and having to find the convenience I would love to be done without. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's good and bad to it. Like, it's, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, I, well, the problem, you know, animation is so expensive to make nowadays, and I feel, you know. Yeah, and, because it's mostly 3D. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's very expensive, and, I mean, people don't watch a lot of television live nowadays, and. No, they can't afford to. Yeah, so everybody. They're working full-time jobs. They're doing what you're doing for a living, Tyler. Like, yeah, you know. Th- that's why DVRs and, like, you know, streaming is the way to go, and, like. I you know I just think that you know I think ad revenue what what makes money for like the television networks is ad revenue and television like in in TV shows is ad revenue and I think yeah I mean I'm, I don't know like the business of ad revenues off the top of my head but I guarantee you it, numbers are probably uh, you know ad revenue is probably down for most for most television shows if you're not a sport then you're probably not making as much money as you used to make and ratings yeah, are as high as they used true. to be so I understand from that point it, I understand I could see why they're going away. Um, at least yeah. the quality of it, they're not gonna put as much money into it like they used to. Um, right, but it does. It's still kind of sad. Like, like the joy, like that joy I, I used to have of waking up every Saturday and hearing, listening to the, the freaking singing along to the Pokemon theme song <laughs> every Saturday for like for years. Oh man, I remember when uh, I remember the Pokemon. 
that series came out. It wasn't on WB originally. It was on like a UPN station. Well, UP. It, well, yeah. You why did we didn't have we don't have UPN here. I think that's mostly uh, a West Coast channel. Well, that's uh, the thing like, for us. They had it like about a almost like a full solid six months before it came into like, uh, you know. Like uh, the kids WB, which oh. I got a chance to watch some of those episodes, just like because uh, I had this station UPN eleven based in Seattle, and I would literally watch these Pokemon episodes, and then when it came to WB, I had already seen like almost the first entire season. <laughs> nice. We had uh, kids WB on channel twenty three. Twenty two was for me. I think. I think it's, yeah. I think it's nine. Like CW is nine now. I think didn't you was it UPN and. Uh, WB like combined together and made CW. Um, yeah, I think that's actually the case. It was now. I mean, yeah, yeah they did. It, yeah, they did that. I think. Yeah, like, because I a think lot of their like, like superhero stuff happened. that was predominantly on WB now was like combined with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For, no, it wasn't ten years. It was probably like seven or eight years ago. Because remember, Supernatural was already around. So yeah. Oh man. That's kind of like that was kind of the beginning of the end for. Um, Saturday morning cartoons, but no, it's, it's sad to see. Uh, hope... I thought the beginning of the end was more so when Fox decided to finally drop their Saturday morning stuff. In my honest opinion, yeah, but I mean, like WB was like the last one, and when it made CW, they went to a different brand. So yeah, it slowly Very started true. dying off. But uh, let's go ahead. We let's go ahead and just kind of go on the last couple of things real quick. Uh, okay. So Twin Peaks is back. <laughs> this is another Jack topic. This is this, a very Twin Peaks has been on. Netflix, it's, Twin Peaks has been on my Netflix queue for like four years. I need to watch a damn show. Well, exactly the point. The first time I actually got a chance to watch it was last year. And I'm so glad I did so. But here's the thing. Here's the major thing about Twin Peaks. Now, people complain, and I know Josh Redden does this on a very large amount of occasions. He complains about the lost season finale and how that, you know, the final season in general. And how that was like... This spoils almost the entire series for him. You know, you had, like, TV series that had unsatisfying endings and stuff. Like, say, with your X-Files, with Lost, with stuff like that. Twin Peaks was one of the original Dexter. shows where you would basically was left kind of like the same way. But, uh, the thing about this night, this series is from 1990, like, pretty much the 1990s, right? Yeah, so, like it's pretty 90s. much dated. It's based in, in a fictional Washington state town known as Twin Peaks, which, checking up on uh, Wikipedia, it's actually by the city, like, Snoqualmish or Snoqualmie or something like that, and uh, North Bend. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, the, the town of Snoqualmie has this particular waterfall and motel, actually hotel, that is featured throughout that entire series. And I don't know if actually, I think I've been past there before, too. But... The thing about it, this this series is a cult classic to a T. There's a lot of various things from this TV show that inspired a lot of parodies, even from The Simpsons, even from like a lot of like various stuff. My suggestion would be to anybody, including you, Tyler, give it a try. The first episode is an hour and a half. It starts kind of like how Firefly did, like lengthwise and stuff, where it yeah. just start. It doesn't really. You don't really get into it until like maybe the second or the third episode. Yeah, like Firefly. But, everybody, I tell everybody, third, make the third episode and you're hooked. The thing I tell people is skip the first episode because that's like an hour and a half and stuff, and start on episode two or something like that because you'll probably <laughs> enjoy it much more because they basically yeah. summarize the first episode <laughs> in episode two. It's hilarious. Oh. 
in case you weren't paying attention before, here's a here's a here's about a five second rewind, like five minute. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, what I understand about Twin Peaks is that like the the first season was great, then the second season like it got the show got was getting canceled like midway through the second season, so they had a wrap up. Well, yeah, like, it was it's running it's running like a murder. And, like, the second season, like, it got canceled, like, mid-second season. So they kind of just well, wrapped it up, and they just, like, like, they just kind of threw, like, Here's the thing. Whatever. Here's the thing. With the first season of Twin Peaks, I'm not going to say who the killer is, basically because I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but you literally find out, I'll, I will say this, you will literally find out who killed this particular, this uh, girl, Laura Palmer, that's the lady who gets killed, like, in the very first episode, you know, spoilers, obviously, first episode, deal with it. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> basically, you find, it's right in the middle, it's not, like, right in the middle, but it's, like, uh, it's pretty close towards the end of the first season where you find out who the killer is and stuff, and people, I, I actually kind of agree that the second season isn't as strong as the first, but it's still notable, and it's still worthwhile to watch those last few episodes, and what's crazy enough, the last episode of Twin Peaks there is a character that literally says, see you in 25 years. <laughs> now, the last time that episode aired was 1991. What's 25 years? 2016. 2016. And when's it coming back? 2016. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Maybe they planned it this whole time. That's what I, I don't it's know. It's like, none of you That's guys die part. and don't get famous. Alright, because we're going to come back That's in 25 years. That's the craziest years. part about it. We... If this had been planned 25 years ago, David Lynch is a fucking genius, because that's <laughs> crazy. That is absolutely crazy. But uh, I think that's just mainly, like, coincidental. <laughs> yeah, that's still pretty funny, though. I wonder, I wonder if Showtime did that, because it's going back on Showtime. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing about it. They're going to go with nine episodes. Nine episodes of this show on Showtime. So basically, you've got to pay for Showtime in order to watch the damn thing. Fucking which bastards. I hope, I hope... It's on fucking Netflix. I don't... I know I'm just, like, ranting about Saturday morning cartoons. Now they're gone and stuff due to Netflix. But it's like... I don't want to pay Showtime. Well, I'm hoping that by this. then maybe Showtime will also have a streaming network. But Showtime does well, put their open. stuff on Netflix. They have Dexter and Californication and stuff on there. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Maybe I should just wait for, like, a DVD release or something like that. Yeah. That's probably the way to go. Just just buy the DVD. It'd probably be cheaper than paying... I kid you not, I would buy the shit out of that. Yeah, it'd probably be cheaper just to buy the DVD once the season come once the season's over, than actually yeah. uh, buying Showtime for three months. Yeah, no shit, no shit. No, but I'll go the cheaper alternative. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll probably just um, I'll show out to watch here eventually. All my shows are coming back, so it's gonna be t- plus games. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Oh my but, gosh. But uh, let's go. Let's go. We're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, but I do okay. want a reminder that uh, Extra Life is if the show comes out on time. It is two weeks away uh, today. Oh man! Uh, so, if you guys haven't joined up, or you're looking, you have some extra cash laying around, you want to, you want to donate. Uh, we, we will grad- gladly accept your money. If not, if you want to donate to the people, that's awesome too. But um, mm-hmm. we are. If you go to extra-life.org, um, you will find us under the Talking Ship group. I'm Tyler Courtney, and then Gabe Bagno. If you don't want to bag, yep. just say no. <laughs> Stealing your joke. Exactly. Uh, but you, you will find us in there if you'd like to donate to us. We greatly appreciate that. If you want to join yourself, that's even better. Or if you want to tell your friends that are gamers, um, that, hey, if they want to excuse the game for 24 straight hours, tell them about it. I, I don't care if, if I go into this making $20. Uh, 
Like, that's fine. If we can just get a few people um, that go on and, like, they, they join us and they make money off this because listening to us talk about it, that's yeah. just as good to, uh, for me. I mean, we're not asking for much here. I mean, hey, we don't care if it's, like, five cents, five bucks, 50 bucks. It doesn't really make a difference. No. Like, in terms of how much and stuff you donate, the fact of the matter is you're helping out, uh, like, a decent cause with uh, helping kids, like, terminally ill kids, Mm -hmm. like, have some bit of enjoyment in their lives, you know, before they either recover or they pass under, like, uh, unfortunate circumstances and stuff. So it helps us it helps them out like tremendously yes so. so any any money you can give uh is greatly appreciated or any publicity you can give is appreciated as well um but let's go ahead and go on into our conclusion here uh one thing i one thing i want to say like uh first off like well you know before we like uh conclude here we'll try our best to see if we can try to get some sort of stream thing going i mean at, as it stands right now, I'm probably not going to be able to get Elgato in time for that because I've been uh, busy trying to replace my current TV and other things. But I might end up just trying to do like possibly some X-Split stuff from uh, playing some Steam games, which seems to be the smartest way to go right now. Very nice. Considering I could just probably play some Skyrim or basically try to play something. Yeah. Have something going around so we can have some content on Twitch for some of our listeners to watch if they feel so. But uh, yeah, then uh, next yeah. week we're also we're gonna probably discuss games we'll be playing uh, during yeah. Extra Life. So uh, if you guys want to, if you guys are free during that time, if you're participating yourself, feel uh, feel free to join us. We'll be on uh, PlayStation Four, Steam, uh, Nintendo Wii U, Xbox One. Yeah. Um, so if you guys want to join us, you guys are more than welcome to join us uh, uh, during that because we're gonna need uh, as much communication as we can to keep us awake for these twenty four hours. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and go on to our uh, conclusion here. So, Jackie boy, what is your wrestler of the week? Well, let's see. For our wrestler of the week, you know what? I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I'm gonna go into Dean Ambrose. Why? Because this dude consistently just really just impresses the hell out of me on a weekly basis. He, he's basically he's basically the Diet Coke version of Stone Cold Steve Austin at this point. Yes. <laughs> Instead if, of a beer uh, truck, we get Monday a hot dog night, vendor. I mean, a hot if, dog. Stand. Yeah, exactly. If Monday night was in any clear indication, you know what? Dean Ambrose has been pulling off all these random fucking like funny ass like uh, things, like to try to get back at Seth Rollins and the Authority and stuff like that. It's just so hilarious. Where last night he actually went to Brooklyn, got a hot dog cart, drove it right in the center, like entered it right like uh, on the stage and stuff. He started eating the hot dog. We're both like, I think it was like Orton and Kane. We're just watching, like, what the fuck's he doing? It's like he's just <laughs> sitting right there. He's just eating the hot dog and stuff. And once Kane and Orton gets to him, he just like uh, unveils his jacket where he has like a ketchup and mustard things, like a stir, like stirrups and stuff like that. Just squirts them with fucking ketchup and mustard. <laughs> it's a PG rating, folks. Yeah, but uh, or else you'd probably be spraying them with herpes. But <laughs> yeah, or or cow shit. But yeah, with Dean Ambrose, he's pretty much an indie darling, obviously, because he had a lot of great feuds in, like, Ring of Honor and other types of promotions. He was a world champion, also, for certain, like, some indie, like, uh, yeah, some indie Oh, Dragon Gate. Too. Yeah, Dragon Gate. He was there in Dragon Gate as well. I don't, I don't know why I know that. I do. But uh, he cut some fantastic promos there, and he consistently, like, cuts great promos, even on the WWE right now at the moment. I mean, as it stands right there, there are very few wrestlers that can cut a decent promo 
Yep. I mean, if you're watching Raw last night, the people who cut promos better was Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins to some extent, and then you have the returning Rock, which who's already established and stuff. Yeah, the the Rock's the Rock. I mean, the Rock's the Rock. The dude has enough charisma to fill up an entire damn stadium. Like he has people literally eating out of the palm of his hand. But uh, the fact of the matter is, like going back to Dean Ambrose and stuff like that, he has some a lot of unorthodox moves. There's this type of clothesline he does where opponent like punches him. He like fakes like falling out of the middle of rope and then catches himself and goes through and just clotheslines the shit out of him. He does. He has this finishing move called Dirty Deeds, where it's basically like a variation of like the front face buster. Yep. Like a front Russian leg sweep, pretty much. That's what it is. Front Russian leg sweep into some sort of face buster. But uh, he's been a U.S. champion in WWE. He's supposedly trying to feud with Seth Rollins, but they're now hinting at a match between him and John Cena, which scares the shit out of me. Because, for one, we all know Cena buries people. Every single No, the WWE buries people with John Cena. Well, yeah, that's the thing. If you want to put this into perspective, John Cena is the golden shovel of Vince McMahon. Think about that for a second. (laughs) What's every time... Let's literally... How many wrestlers have faced John Cena who are up and rising stars and end up being buried? I mean, you have obviously guys like Damian Sandow, Dolph Ziggler, Bray Wyatt, Alberto Del Rio, CM Punk. It's just an ongoing list of the past ten years of bullshit. So, the thing about this, I'm con- I am staying positive right here. I hope that they go with the routine of having Ambrose win over Cena so he faces Seth Rollins inside that Hell in a Cell because I'd rather see those two buttheads than fucking John Cena <laughs> and Seth Rollins. I mean, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck? <laughs> Calm down. The match hasn't happened yet. Calm down, Jack. Dude. This is Dude, a ranting I... podcast. I know it's been a ranting podcast, but it's actually been a good ranting podcast. It is. It is. <laughs> If Knuckles was here, he's like, okay, we can cut this off. Nope. He's, nope. He, he's still, he'll be playing Shadow of Mordor. He's not, he's not listening. <laughs> he he checked out three thing. minutes in. After the but intro, any- he was done. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's the rest of the week. Dean Ambrose, the Lunatic Fringe, and uh, obviously, in my honest opinion, one of the best wrestlers right now in the WWE. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, good, very good pick. Always a good pick. But uh, you can uh, find us on Facebook. We are Generation Gaming. We have a page and a group. Uh, we are Gen underscore Gaming, uh, Gen underscore Games. Sorry, on Twitter. Uh, we are also Generation Gaming on YouTube. So uh, like and subscribe there. We'll be po- hopefully we post stuff up soon. Um, hopefully some new stuff from Extra Life. Um, so maybe in the month next month. Uh, but no, uh, I have been your host this week. I was Tyler. And I'm the Jack of Hearts. We will see you next week, hopefully, with uh, Jake. Yep. GG, everyone. GG. Alan.